What is going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of Meet the Critters. Um, this is episode 10. So today we're taking another little detour in the podcast. We are not focusing on meat. Um, we've got John Dowie on from Dowie Farms, um, basically my internet neighbor. <laughs> we live in the same state, so that basically qualifies us for that. Um, he is going to be on. We're going to talk about his microgreen setup, but he also does raise some poultry, so we'll probably get into that. So let's go ahead and pull John up. John, what's going on? How are you, man? Doing all right. Good, good. I'm, so who's John? Uh, who's John? Uh, it's always a tough <laughs> I should be ready for this, but John needs to shave now that I'm looking at myself. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just um, running a, a very small farm in Derry, New Hampshire, um, mostly catering to restaurant sales. And um, we do microgreens primarily. Um, but I do have, uh, like, we talked a couple of weeks ago about doing a show on, I think it was on ducks or chickens or something like that. Yeah. And um, I actually have a, I have 30 something years with poultry so that's awesome and, yeah and then so it, we'll definitely get into some of that goes, too for sure pretty far across ducks chickens and quail um <clears throat> i've never been too on the meat side that's the thing so that's why right. it's uh here i am on the meat podcast and i grow uh hey, we're, all know, we're all inclusive we're all inclusive yeah i grow <laughs> vegetables for hippies and uh i raise uh birds for eggs but um yeah but no i'm uh originally from upstate New York, up near Oswego, New York is where my hometown is. Um, I escaped that place in uh, 1998 and um, opted to be homeless for a little while, <laughs> basically. And uh, then I went and, uh, oh man, I moved all over New England. I, I went to college in uh, just outside of Boston for like a hot minute. And then, yep. yeah, and then went and lived, uh, in Rhode Island for five or six years and, you know, apartments or whatever. And then moved up to uh, work, brought me up to New Hampshire. Well, I could have work sort of like I worked in Massachusetts, but I refused to live there. So As uh, you should. yeah, even before I knew any better. <laughs> so you just had good, you just had good common sense. Yeah, I was like, Oh, it looks, looks much cheaper to live up there. So uh, yeah, I came up here and uh, settled in Southern New Hampshire because I worked in, in Massachusetts. So is it just easier that way? Right. Uh, learned some lessons in that fiasco too but uh yeah and then uh and i was a, i was running restaurants for most of that time i spent a long time 20 something years 23 or four years in restaurants and then uh got out in 2017 full-time got out of management in 2014 and uh, in 2017 got out but in 2010 we bought a house and got back into the farming i was always into the outdoor stuff Grew up around dairy farms. I grew up with, you know, ducks and stuff and my own. Right. And gardening a lot. And uh, like my dad was a very kind of ahead of his time, sort of, or, you know, there was always organic farming right through the 60s and 70s and stuff. Right. And they called it that and everything. But he kind of was, there weren't a lot of people doing it though. You know, it's just people had gardens, you know. Right. No one he really thought about the, it. Yeah. He knew some of the weird advanced stuff like puree a bug in a misting bottle and spray plants with it because the essence will deter, uh, All right. I guess that same bug or something. I, you know, I like it was, he knew that stuff in the eighties. So there was that. And then, um, you know, just grew up around a lot of farming, uh, big, bigger dairy farming in upstate New York and whatnot. Right. And, uh, you know, and hay and all and apple orchards oh, and all that, all that stuff that I will not do now. And, <laughs> yeah. So now we farm, seven tenths of an acre 
plus a thousand square feet of indoor space. Wow. And, uh, that's it. And it's um, 13 miles between the two places, which sucks, but is what it is. Right. Second story where I am right now. <laughs> so all the fucking dirt has to go. Oh, I swore already. Are we far enough into you? I don't care. Yeah, it's fine. I'm going to swear a lot. Uh, so Listen, we're, we're on episode 10. Okay. I, if you kind of know watching, me. I'm hoping yeah. for four. Okay. So. <laughs> if you kind of know me, you know that's what's going to happen. Right. So, uh, you know, upstairs, all the bags of soil come up on these shoulders and all of it goes over the side of the railing into a trailer uh, via gravity. But, uh, yeah, so here we are. We do microgreens full time. It's kind of an interesting thing because, like, I was since uh, since 2010, we bought the house. Right. So basically, we bought a house in 2010 and I was like, we need to have a garden. So and I thought I needed a tiller which I've learned since I don't, I don't even do that anymore, even though I do now own a tiller, but uh, I wanted a tiller and we started going to stores and I walked into a tractor supply in dairy and I, the doors slid open. So we bought our house in March. One. Yeah, this is, yeah, <laughs> it's not a bad one. We bought our house in March, uh, March, like 21st or something. And on like April 10th, maybe we walked in and the doors slid open and I immediately went, there's baby ducks in here. Like I instantly <laughs> could smell them. And my wife was like, what, what do you, now she'd only ever known me in apartments, you know? Right. And uh, like I fished and stuff and whatever. But uh, I was like, oh no, there's baby ducks in this building. And she's like, what, what are you talking about? I'm like, yeah, follow me. I'll find them. So I just like found them. You with just my sniff coat. them out. Yeah. Yeah. No, baby duck shit is a very specific yeah. smell. <laughs> it, it totally is. And so of course she was like, oh my God, they're amazing. You know, because they're the cutest thing ever when they're that little, right? Right. And um, at that time in New Hampshire, there was this weird law where you had to buy 12 of any piece of poultry. Yeah, it was very short-lived law. I guess it was a law. Now, this is like just me going off what I was told. So there's that. It definitely was a law. But the reasoning behind it was, um, I guess, people like in Manchester would buy a duck for a pet and keep it in a shitty little apartment. And it was a <laughs> shit show. So eventually they were like no stop that so and then it was funny to me because they told me i had to buy 12 i because i was gonna buy two ducks right there right right and they were like no you have to buy 12 and i'm like well i don't want 12 i have not even an acre and i don't have time for that shit i just want two <laughs> and they were like we can't sorry and i was like why and they're like well it's a law and because if you take if you only take two ducks they're not um they don't generate enough body heat to stay warm and i'm just like you're telling the wrong guy the wrong bullshit. Right. Like, don't get out the of here. The bullshitter on this one. Yeah, you can fucking <laughs> mail two ducks through the U.S. Postal Service and they don't get too cold, you know? Like, right. So um, I didn't get them. I went across the street to Blue Seal and they had ducks. They had two ducks. And I was like, what's up with that? I thought you had to be able to sell 12. And the guy was like, we're going to have to kill them because we, ha we have to sell 12 and we'll get caught maybe. And I was like, well, can you give them away? And he's like, oh, probably. So they gave them to us. And that's, Perfect. yeah, there, there goes with the ducks. So at one point, this is irresponsible, what I'm going to say next. I don't recommend it. Uh, on seven-tenths of an acre. Now, that's the whole property. So obviously, there weren't ducks everywhere, although mm -hmm. there could have been. We had 120 egg-laying ducks at one point. <laughs> I don't recommend doing that. It's a whole oh lot God. of yeah, it's a whole lot of wood chips and a whole lot of shoveling and, uh, and a lot of it's a pain in the ass. So we we kept it. I mean, there were obviously like when you get two three weeks worth of rain, 
you know, the next, and then you get the sun. I can, I can smell that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I tough. can just. <laughs> yeah. And that was when it was a real issue. Uh, but we were pretty good. Like if it, if we didn't get that crazy, you know, like we're getting right now, this fucking right. monsoon season we're getting. Um, it's nuts. Yeah. It's, I hate it. If we didn't get it like this, we wouldn't have any smells, you know? So, right. And if we did get that smell, it would be, you know, a couple days and then we'd be on it. So we were pretty good at that. Um, but I still, it was just not, it's not something you want to do. No. Yeah. We're still, no, at- I was, I was in that boat for a little bit. Um, we lived yeah. in Kingston. Yeah. Um, yeah, when I moved in with my wife, right near us. Yeah. Yeah. Right there. <laughs> I was living there when I was working in Londonderry. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, so she had like a third of an acre in this, like right on one of the ponds there. It was like, it was essentially a cottage that they turned into like, all right, now this is an actual house. Even with, even though it was so goddamn tiny, I think it was like 650 or 700 square feet. The house was right in the middle after I was there for about a year, we were, I was like, let's get chickens. She was like, all right. And we bought one of those prefab 16 foot long sheds. And then I had a 16 by 20 foot corner. And that was like my corner of the yard. We cut the shed or like walled the shed in half, had a brooder on one side and like a workshop, and then a chicken coop on the back. Built a big run out of everything. At one point there, we had. I think it was right around 60 birds in that 16 by 20 foot area. Wow. Egg laying birds, quail, and meat birds. You had your own little CAFO. It was <laughs> it was insane. Yeah, that's but, not but like it was manageable. Like it wasn't awful. When we did meat birds, it sucked because we did meat birds and yeah. hutches. Like yeah. so I had like the concrete mixing tubs. Yep. underneath them and i'd have to empty them out oh. and bring them to a farm down the road and it was yeah. where oh. where in londonderry i'm in londonderry now where uh i worked at uh mr steer oh no shit we talked yeah. did we talk about this yeah i think so yeah yeah, yeah. okay because yeah. i worked at stumble in oh yeah we would get all our meat from you yeah yeah so uh yeah that's i don't know if he still does but so i, I, um, I don't know that place is interesting yeah I oh, got, you were living I, we could we could do a whole nother podcast on that. On the stumble in? <laughs> no, on no. here. Oh wow, okay. Um, but um no, yeah. Still, so I know it's like still, uh, when, I'm still doing local business down here, so let's not do that. No, I'm not gonna do that. I probably <laughs> that's after. Um no, so um, but like when you're going through all that, when it's like, yeah, when it's rained for five days straight and you haven't been able to go clean the pens. I can like viscerally smell that. And now I do pigs. So that's Ooh. intensified by 10. Like it's its own smell. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. It, interesting. So like we got two and that was fine. And then we, and I built like, so growing up with ducks, uh, we had three acres and I think at one point, maybe I had like 20 or 30 and, and that's, it really wasn't that big of a deal. Uh, and, you know, they were in a big, like, fenced area. It was probably 20 by 40 or so. Nice. And I had hand dug a pond that with, like, a channel to the swamp. Like, it, well, it was kind of a running creek, but right where it turned into a swamp, I just got it off right there. Right. And they had a good little setup, except for, at the time in upstate New York, the, the predator pressure was absurd. So, like, right. in the 80s and 90s in Oswego County, New York, at least, I can't speak for all the other counties, um, there were like no valuable 
wildlife species, <laughs> right. right? So there were deer. That's fine. That's it. You know, like we would go uh, rabbit hunting. You know, there were like some rabbits. We'd go pheasant hunting. There were like no pheasant. There were no turkeys. There were no, uh, which nothing is not All there is is fucking turkeys now, right? But right. um, yeah, there was nothing. And there was a shitload of coyotes and fox and whatever. And whatever, I don't know what happened there. I wasn't in tune enough as a kid to know what, what disrupted the ecosystem there as far as animals went. But, uh, but it was way out of fucking whack. So what would happen is, I mean, I would be, you know, I was like 14 and you'd wake up in the morning and you'd hear the ducks freaking out and you grab the 22 and open the bathroom window and just start firing at a coyote through the bathroom yeah. window <laughs> with like a, I had a Marlin uh, model 50 and the, it was, you know, it's two fed semi-auto and the shells are just bouncing around in the bathroom and just, ah, and there's gunpowder smoke in the bathroom and you're, you know, <laughs> the coyotes. And, uh, man, we would lose birds every night there. It was bad. Oh, yeah. At the time, though, I didn't know what I was doing. So we were chicken wire fence, you know. Mm. Uh, my fence posted were probably too far apart because it would sag. And I thought the problem right. was that the coyotes could jump over this four- or five-foot fence. That's the problem. So I ran bailing wire or whatever we call that. You know, the what right. us farmers used to literally fucking fix everything, those coils of wire. Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I used to <laughs> – Real quick aside, my mechanic replaced the transmission in my truck like two years ago. Yeah. And he goes, do you know that your shifter cable was held on with wire? <laughs> like, of course I knew that. Right. <laughs> I, I did that. So <laughs> it held for years. I just wrapped that wire around it because it kept falling exactly. out. But anyway, uh, we would just lose everything. Raccoons, weasels, coyotes, fox, neighbors, dogs. So I've dealt with all these predator issues. So. When we got these first two ducks, I built this like fortress, uh, you know, six sided, 16 by 12 uh, hardware mesh, all all six sides, top, bottom and four sides. Right. Right. The only way in was the top opened in two giant doors. OK, like I I still own this thing. It's wild. I call it the fortress pen. So yeah. like I always said, like, hey, if we ever had any real predator issues, I can save like 12 birds in that pen well i could probably save like 30 really but but right. comfortably like comfortably well, yeah. could live in there for a long time you know so but i i, I way over prepared for where i live now where i live <laughs> at the time like there was nothing apparently i also have a very weird spot like where the west property line is a river and the uh uh north of us is swamp and south of us is swamp and east is a like two neighbors and then a mountain thing and like nothing gets to me, you know. Right. Well, have, nice. Yeah. Now we have a great Pyrenees, so nothing, nothing, nothing anything gets anyway. to me fucking dies is all I know. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. My great Pyrenees is looking at me right now, wanting to go out. But nice. Yeah, they're the best. <laughs> aren't, rain. They? aren't they the best? Yeah. Mine hates the rain too. She lives. She's like. Oh no, he's dying to get out there in it. Oh, mine's I, a. Then I deal with a walking shag carpet for. Yes. Uh, yeah. 130 pounds is stupid. Yeah. So mine's a little one. I have like Maggie's like 85 ish pounds. Um, poorly trained uh, livestock dog is what she is. Yeah. So she's, she's got the doggy door, but she'd prefer to stay with us. You know? Oh yeah. No bear over here. He's a couch guardian dog. For yeah, sure. exactly. And yeah, she, she doesn't bother the ducks. She doesn't kill them and she will kill anything else. So, you know, mission accomplished, but right. Unless she's sleeping at the end of the bed in the middle of the no, night. This, this is what an idiot I am. My wife was pregnant with our second kid. 
and we had just had to put down like two of our dogs, like dogs we've had sheep. My wife had had for her entire, like yeah. 15 years. Crazy. But, um, she was pregnant and a friend of ours bred great Pyrenees. And I was like, well, let's get one. I was still working full time at the slaughterhouse. And I was like, I think I'm going to start raising like boar goats or something or sheep that I like want a livestock guardian dog for. Yeah. Well, let's do it. Pulled the trigger and got them. And then they had an oops litter of border collie and border collie boxer mix puppies. Okay. And they're like, yeah, just take one. Like, just take it. Is it buy so one, get one free? They were a month apart. <laughs> and in my head, I'm going, awesome. This great Pyrenees is going to be with our sheep. They're doing whatever, just making sure everything's safe. And I'm going to be able to train this border collie to work with me. Like, yeah. either here on the farm, moving cows or whatever we're moving, or like at work if I'm on a slaughter, like out and I need an animal to come in, like, yep, it'll be great. While my wife is pregnant and we have a newborn. So yeah, these two idiots, they just, they have the best lives on the planet. They just stay in. (laughs) They're the laziest working dogs ever. (laughs) I'll, all my, uh, I'll be like, yeah, I got a great Pyrenees. She guards the property. And people like, Oh, send me a picture of her, you know, working. Cause people are interested in that. Yeah. And then I go through my phone and I'm like, oh, I have no pictures of this dog doing anything. Yeah, actually. this dog doesn't work. Yeah, I just only have pictures of her like, oh, look, she's laying with her giant weird unicorn that I bought at Walmart for her to hump. You know, <laughs> the, the <laughs> only thing this border collie does. So it's funny because, well, so his dad is also his grandfather kind of situation. And yeah. so the mom was border collie um, boxer. Cause he had gotten into my buddy's mother-in-law's boxer, had those puppies, then push come to shove, everything happened. Yeah. So he is three quarters border collie. So he looks just border collie, but he stands like a foot taller than a normal border collie. Cause he's got the boxer legs. Mm-hmm. It's the funniest goddamn thing on the planet. Cause everyone looks at him like, Oh, border collie. Wait, like just yeah. it, it takes a second. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. I saw one of those, uh, what are those rumply Boston Terrier thing? One of those the big rumply head that can't breathe. Yeah. I saw one of those on the street in Boston the other day, and I feel bad for them, but I get why people breed them because you can't not pet them. You know what I mean? Like, oh, no, they're great. Yeah, they're fantastic. But I, and I go, it's Buzz McKenzie, man. Like, yeah. Yeah. You gotta pet that dog. It kept, it kept laying down as I was talking to this dude, and uh, I go, wow, he's pretty lazy, huh? And he goes, oh, he can't sit. And I was like, oh, yeah, because I don't know if any of them really can sit. Well, I know some can because I've seen it, but I think a lot of them can't even sit because of the shape, right? Or That's something so crazy. Yeah, it couldn't sit. It could stand and lay down. And that was it. And when it laid down, its legs went out like a starfish. Yeah. <laughs> it was hilarious. I'm like, That's why. It's actually this dog's got an Instagram page. I wish I could remember. Well, that's where it gets crazy when you look at like I mean, genetics and yeah. like how breads are bred. Like it's not Bruno Mars because that's a guy, right? Right. It's like a music guy, but it's a play yeah. on that. Can't remember. Anyway. <laughs> uh oh. Oh no, where's he going? You want <laughs> sick of hearing it. Oh, the dog. Yeah. Um 
No, but that's where it gets crazy. Like when you look at like how different breeds are bred and why domestic, like, um, like for like the pet trade gets so much crazier than anything that ever happens in the livestock. Like, yeah, yeah. There are some nutty ones like the Cornish cross and shit like that, that it's like, if you, if this thing goes a day over eight weeks old, it's going to snap its legs and die. (laughs) That's pretty nuts. But then you look at like a pug. What's that? (laughs) Here's I just shared with you in the private chat, the link to the, uh, completely unrelated to our this show instagram page for this dog that i met on the street (laughs) oh my god anyway it's unreal it's unimportant i can i can i'll I'll find it in a second i don't know how to share it in real comments so i I just put it in (laughs) bluto mars that's his name but the dog is cute as shit but anyway um this guy, he walks around Boston with this dog all day, and he was an interesting guy. He was like, he was my age, and he was like a punk rock guy. He's an interesting dude and uh wicked nice guy. And he meets celebrities all the time because of this dog. Like, it's a great tactic if you think about it. If you have to live in a city, right? Yeah, no, get, that's get this dog. <laughs> oh, that's true. Around. All right, I get it. <laughs> right. He's like, Oh, here's a picture of me and the dog and Pedro Martinez. And I'm like, Oh, that's cool. Like, look at that, you know, like for all. For those of you who don't watch baseball and don't live near near Boston, that's a famous Red Sox pitcher from back in the day. Just so that's so crazy. I know I know what our audience and that is, is so Boston. Like I'm, I'm like that might be yeah, the right? most Boston thing I've ever heard. But it's Pedro, some guy walking yeah. around going, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, hey, I got this picture with Pedro with Spud McKenzie. It's pretty great, right? <laughs> yeah, was Spuds that kind of vaguely remember Spuds, but. Oh, you know what I'm thinking of is I'm thinking of the red dog dog. dog. Remember the red dog dog? No. The beer red dog. You remember that? No. Yeah, that was a fun. I used to drink a lot of that. Once upon a time. I could get a 30 pack in Rhode Island. I could get a 30 pack of red dog with tax and deposit. And I'd get five cents back with a $10 bill. So I would you when I was, when blind, I was like I back in my heavy drinking, I was yeah. working like 70 hours a week while all my friends were in school. So I'd flex, I'd buy butt heavy. I'd be like, I'd yeah. be like I don't care. Yeah. Just at the time, that's what it felt like. Yeah. At the I was time broke. it was like, I got money. You some bitches don't. Let's fucking drink. <laughs> yeah, we're not drinking. None of this fucking bush light. Get it out of here. Bud heavy. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I love that your flex was bud heavy. Yeah, that's, that was it. That's as high as I went. This was like some beer that I never really drank. Like yeah, every I, now and then, every now and then, I'd splurge for Dos Equis. Oh shit! There we go. Now we're in. Yeah, like I would. Uh, Apparently, I, we I, have the beer. I have no beer. It's <laughs> down here in the chat. I am not. I'm drinking. I, I'm trying out this new cut. Co- this I am notorious in the survival podcast community for liking shitty yes. hot dogs and bad coffee. So. um Uban, Y-U-B-A-N? I don't know. It was on sale. And it's not bad. Never I heard of drank, it. So I've been, I haven't drank in two Coffee. and a half years. So oh, I was wow. like, and literally at the, when at the end, I was still just like drinking Coors Light. Like I yeah. never, I never yeah. went higher than that. I was fine with it. <laughs> I did the whole, because of restaurants, you know, like right. I was big into porters and like stouts, you know. Yeah. And, uh, but I was a good, I was a, a, like a Miller High Life PBR guy a lot too. Like, so I would range on both ends of the spectrum, like really, really good porters, 
or just Miller High Life, you know? Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I actually, it's actually really good though. It's funny. This coffee that I'm drinking. Yeah. You ban Y U B A N. I recommend it. It's actually good. Um, See, I, you know, I, for, jumped on, I jumped on, I jumped on a big good coffee train. Yeah. From uh, I, scrambling up there. Oh yeah. I've never had his coffee. Oh feel, my God. I'm a little embarrassed to admit that. Uh, I was, I will, I will absolutely admit I fought it for so long. Yeah. And, um, Brian from the lots project, like yeah. sent out a gift pack of like, all right, here's samples. Here's a French press. Stop being a douchebag. I don't. And but- since then I have quit energy drinks. No, that's good. Like, my production level has gone up tenfold. And I was like, it was just some weird mental thing where like all of a sudden I'm like, cool, I'm making changes and it's all because of this coffee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Hey, whatever works, right? I um yeah, I quit energy drinks like just I never really was like, oh, energy drinks all the time. But for a bit, like probably just before we had our son, he'll be two tomorrow. Um happy birthday. Thanks, yeah. On Father's Day. Way to ruin my Father's Day, Day, kid. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) It's such an ironic statement. That's such Uh, a child thing to do is to ruin your day. He's my only kid, so it's it's way more ironic. You know, it's like, wow, you're ruining my Father's Day. Wait a minute. If you didn't have that kid, you wouldn't be a father. You know what I mean? But um, I was drinking like I can only do sugar-free energy drinks. I'm a type 1 diabetic. So I have to emphasize that I'm a type 1 diabetic. Anyway, so, you know, not a donut eating fucking asshole that has type two diabetics, just, you know, diabetes to just go for a fucking jog and stop eating donuts. So um, I have to go off on that every once in a while. Sorry. No, I get it. <laughs> so um, Joe down here likes your flag. Oh, yeah. Nice. I like that. I just Amazon one day. If you go on Amazon and just look up funny or weird flags, you'll find all kinds of great shit. Like <laughs> I had to stop myself from spending like $500 on just all these different flags. Like underneath that is Beavis with the AK actually. Um, so, uh, Oh, energy drinks. Yeah. I, energy I, drinks, yeah. I was just drinking way too many of the sugar free ones and it, it yeah. does like they crash you. Even the sugar free ones crash you. Yeah. You know? And those ones, I hate the sugar free. I accidentally got a sugar free one day and I was like, this is poison. And I'm like, oh, wait, what I'm drinking is poison. This is just <laughs> obvious poison because <laughs> yeah. it has fake sugar in it. Yeah. I've, um, I've become accustomed to fake sugar a long time ago. So oh, yeah. No, I'm sure. It no, is my name. So my name's Kyle. So I'm genetically predisposed to energy drinks. It's oh, just yeah. in there. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, like towards the end, I was drinking like 50 Fuck. ounces of Red Bull a day. Yeah. Like oh at least. God. Oh yeah. Like Jesus. two twenties and a sixteen usually. That's like crazy. Day. That's crazy. Like but I that wasn't even that wasn't even my worst. Like when I was working like early twenties, when I was doing sixty hours a week in the cooler, just slaying and stick steak tips and then yeah. drinking a thirty rack, I was crushing like yeah. six monsters a day. Oh, yeah, no, my it's amazing my heart is still intact. Yeah, even with a sugar free, if I had two, I was like dehydrated. But I also, I, I mean, I had some energy drinks in my 30s here and there, you know, right. like occasional, you know, long drive, whatever, 16 hour shift at the restaurant, that kind of thing. Um, but this was like a year in my 40s where I was 
you know, oh yeah, I'll have these energy drinks and they're because like coffee was jacking my fucking blood sugar up, even though they're I was right. just, just coffee with it with cream, like no sugar. Um that's the cortisol or something. I don't know. I don't actually know why, because you're gonna get a cortisol response from an energy drink too, you know. Right. But for some reason, coffee was raising my blood sugar still does a little, not a lot, but just a little. It's fucking annoying. So um I started drinking like uh the bang energy drinks or whatever. Yeah, no fucking carbs. Yeah, just zero carbs. And I was like, oh, this doesn't do anything to my blood sugar, so fine. Cause like that's the battle I have to fight. So the no sugar, the the fake sugar thing, I'm just like, whatever. Like, that's not what's gonna take me. You know, like (laughs) I know what's gonna take me. It's gonna be, you know, a a a long acting insulin shot at fucking 2 a.m. that hits a vein. And drops my blood sugar to minus 200. That's what's going to take me. You know, it isn't going to be some fucking aspartame or whatever, you know. So <laughs> I, I'm okay. Like, I'll enjoy that. I got, like, if you handle type 1 diabetes correctly, you're on an elimination diet that basically leaves you at ribeyes and broccoli. Now, don't feel bad for me. I eat fucking ribeyes and broccoli all the time, you know. Right. But, you know, you don't get anything else. So unless you want to deal with shooting insulin all day long and dealing with the roller coaster. Right. You know? So like diet soda and like that kind of shit, that's going to happen, you know, because like right. that's all that's all I got left. It's not, you know, now I should be man enough to fucking give all that shit up, frankly, you know, but like I grew up in the fucking 80s. What do you want for? Yeah, me? Look, yeah I say that all the time. People look at me <laughs> oh, and they're like, because I smoke cigarettes, too. Naturally. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. people look at me like, you don't need to quit smoking. And I'm like. I've been sober for two and a half years. I've got yeah. two kids and I run two businesses. I'm going to smoke cigarettes. Yeah. You I'm gonna have a thing. Alone. <laughs> yeah. I got to have a thing. I'm also 31. Like, yeah. Back off. <laughs> you got like five or six years, I think, before you, you quit smoking. Right. Because that's right. like, it's like mid thirties. Most people quit like 38. They, they're yeah. done. They're like, ah, I, everybody I know growing up, there was like a longshoreman or a farmer. They're like, yeah, I quit smoking. And I was 37. Yeah, Yeah, no, it's right around there because then it's like, then everything starts to level out of like, I'm still young enough. I can power through whatever the smoking is doing to me. But then as I get older, it just levels out. It's like, all right, well, now we need to stop that. Rachel Rachel Brown talking about Red Bull and vodka or Jaeger bombs. I'll tell you how to make a Jaeger bomb. Uh, Man, I don't even know. I So I'm... Having an idea of just scrapping the whole livestock conversation, just having a fun podcast because yeah, this is going way better. <laughs> oh, you should have known, but having me on, there's going to be. I no know, I should have. I should have. <laughs> there's going to be no so focus. I decided I am going to tell this story. Yeah. So it was. Let's see. Me and my wife went to Key West twice in one year. <laughs> that so that's the beginning of that story. We went on our honeymoon, and then when we got back, her parents were like, "Hey." We're going to get an Airbnb, like a big house in Key West. Like, do you guys want to come? We had just gotten back. And we're like, absolutely. We'll sell everything in order to go back there. (laughs) It was great. Um, So we went back. We had this nice little house. We got to walk everywhere. And to anyone who hasn't been to Key West, it's a three-mile island with 264 bars in two miles. (laughs) So a couple, yeah, that was pretty fun. So we had found like our spot for the week and we had stayed there and the bartender was just feeding me Red Bull vodkas. And 
it was rough. We got home somehow, went to bed. And from what I have been told happened is I then woke up, proceeded to put my pants on, walked to the sliding glass door to try to open it. And my wife woke up and said, honey, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm going to the bathroom. Yep. And she's like, that's the balcony. I'm like, it's the bathroom. She's <laughs> like, no, it's not. I'm like, all right. So then I proceed to walk to this weird little table in the corner of the room and start pulling out drawers. Mm. And she's like, now what are you doing? I'm like, this is a toilet. I saw it in a movie. And so she like very calmly like starts walking me to the bathroom. And she gets me in there and she goes, you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. Slam the door at like 4 a.m. Go and go back and lay down. And I wake up in the morning just like, ah, what's up, babe? Like vacation still. And she is on the other side of the bed just doing like, what? (laughs) Do you know what you did last night? (laughs) I'm like, what happened? But it's just like, I probably had nine Red Bull vodkas, so I'm hammered. But there's just that Red Bull pumping that one cylinder. It's just keeping everything going. Yeah, right. It's a good way to put it. That you were a one... You're running on eight usually, but you're on one cylinder. Exactly. And yeah, this I um, was banned from drinking Red Bull and vodkas. Yeah. <laughs> I was banned from drinking at all. <laughs> I had a few uh, a few shifts at Hooters when I ran Hooters, where uh, we would I I'd stashed a cherry vodka in the uh, like a three olives cherry bottle or something that we got for yeah. free from the liquor distributor or whatever in the cooler in the beer cooler, and uh, I was just making red diet red bull whatever the whatever that one is <laughs> with uh cherry vodka because if someone smells diet red bull and cherry vodka on your breath it doesn't smell like booze no it just smells like you've been chewing like bubble gum or something or like sucking right. on one of those fucking lollipops that's cherry or whatever you know what i mean so mm-hmm. like i was shit bomb that whole shift but like and just walking around with a, a styrofoam hooters cup that looked like yep. i was drinking coffee and just hitting that thing and like it was a good day. <laughs> I was yeah. not happy with my job that day. Whatever. I'm still turns out because I was a very good restaurant manager. Uh right. turns out I'm my like 65% at that job was still better than most people's hundred percent. So oh yeah. No, I found that. I found that before. Yeah. Where it's like, <laughs> yeah. huh? Like, how are you doing worse when I was putting in fifty percent? Like, yeah. Oh, ah. ridiculous. Now I don't even know because I just work for me and I have no idea. What it's crazy, right? It's in. such yeah. a weird feeling of like it's fucking nuts. I've been since no one 20, here. All right, <laughs> yeah. Since like since we started this in we started this in uh, fifteen, I think, and uh, seventeen I was full time, right? So f- twenty fifteen to twenty seventeen, and uh, I hate saying the twenty thing or two thousand. I say just it's yeah. fifteen and seventeen. God damn it! I didn't start this when I was. 15 years old no so uh <laughs> so it's what is it now 23 yeah so yeah 23 what is it, like six years of this for just this pretty much like That's i did awesome. yeah i mean i did a restaurant shift here and there at the stumble in uh yeah. when he during covid when he was kind of in a pinch um or something and then and just after but i haven't worked a restaurant shift in uh like a year and a half now or almost two years or something like actually no since before i had alex so well i didn't have him my wife did but uh you since before we <laughs> i was there for a little while so uh 
<laughs> like <laughs> a couple of years. So that's good. That was crazy. Cause I was like 15 when I first worked in restaurants and then I went. So in 1995 or 90, yeah, 94, 1994, I worked my first shift in a restaurant and I worked in restaurants a hundred percent of the time until like 2014, right. you know, it's like a while. And then, and then I was, or no, Jesus still 2000, like 16 or something. I don't know, whatever. 17. No, seven. Yeah. And then right. I left the bar and then here and there until 2021, roughly or 20. I'm so happy. I I'll never work retail again. Yeah. I refuse. I will take a job out of the meat industry before I go back to retail meat cutting. Yeah. Like that That's is how I feel on that. <laughs> it's a job I thought about sometimes. It's like I could go cut meat probably. Oh, no. It is just the, the customers or something being annoying. Yeah, the customer. It and it all depends on what you're doing because I worked in the grocery stores for a long time, but I wasn't cutting. I was just packing and like casework and all that stuff. I was just a clerk, and it was that is a crazy world to live in. Yeah, but then I went to you know the whining butchers, right? What is it? The whining butcher. Where? What town? Um, there's one in Meredith, Guilford. There was one in Bedford, and there's one in Pembroke. I don't think I probably know it, but I don't. Yeah, I don't go to I these won't. highfalutin meat places because I don't have right. money like that. Well, that's why <laughs> I've I've turned to calling them gourmet yeah. butcher shops. Like, yeah, yeah. That's what we all. I still got the shirts. I still wear them. They say gourmet butcher shop. I'm like, it says that. Yeah, they get the same fucking meat as everybody else, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I always thought. Like, because I'm a little privy to it because the having dealt with restaurants and then having dealt with the agricultural industry. Oh yeah. It's all, the same. you know what I mean? You start going, wait yeah. a minute, there's no place where the specialty butcher shop is getting their meat from. Like, unless it's a guy up the road. No, you know? it's all about what you do with it. Like, yeah, it's like, it's, we're not doing yeah. anything that crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like if you're buying ground beef at a local butcher shop and it's just ground beef, I mean, yeah, they might be grinding it in house or something and they might be. Yeah, and it depends on what, and it depends on what, like, what they're cuts pulling in for their burger. Like, we did shoulders, yeah. but then I remember, yeah. like, there were times where we were doing knuckles, and I'm like, what are we doing here? Like, <laughs> that's fucked up. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah. This so, was years ago. It showed, holds nothing about what they are now. Yeah. For anyone who's well, I was, um, <laughs> I was, so Stumble In was grabbing the uh, flap meat or whatever to make their steak yeah. And I was, uh, during COVID when I had a little bit of time on my hands, cause we obviously weren't really selling to restaurants. Um, I was swinging by picking up their trimmings cause the cooks mm-hmm. there were really fucking bad at trimming the, the, the skin and the meat and the, the fat. Right? So it was like 50, 50, you know, meat to whatever. And, uh, I was like, Oh, save all that for me. I feed it to my dog. Yeah. Okay. And then I bring it home and I just fucking grind it. Right. And, and like, I had like, 60 40 ground beef which i'm all about you know and uh i i had that at some point i had like 300 pounds of ground beef in my free it was nuts because they'd sell so many steak tips at that place oh yeah and it's just like i would get i mean 30 fucking pounds a week from them of trimming you know and just it was the best and i was like wow this could last the rest of my life i'll never buy groceries again because i'll just eat this you know right um and i was feeding some of it to the dog you know, but at some point, I to, pounds. yeah, at some point, I, yeah, at some point I started thinking about the cooks there though. And I was like, I should not like nonchalantly mention to them that I eat some of it because they no. might, they, no, no. 
because they might throw it in the garbage and then go, oh, I was supposed to save that for John and then pull it out of the garbage. Hey, listen, hey, listen, <laughs> that's <laughs> the price you pay. Like, yeah, listen, I know. there is, but I know what happens. Things like, have to change hand cook, in there. You don't have 300 one. pounds of burger in your freezer. Just, yeah. we listen, the one you got to pay a penance. And if that one, meat went go- in the trash first, you got to accept it. Yeah, we got the one cook with the dip in his mouth that spits in the trash can or something. Like, I'm not, I don't want that. Well, I guess I'm okay you don't if want there's like pounds of meat in your freezer. Yeah, I don't want that, <laughs> I want that meat. I want the meat that maybe they pulled out of the trash that, like, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe it was on some carrot shavings or something, but like, not the dip chew spit meat. I don't want that. <laughs> no, I don't ever think it was like that, but, but it was fucking awesome because I was getting all this meat. And then we also bought a cow that year. Right. Half. We bought it half i don't remember if we bought a half or a full to be honest with you it was a lot i remember that it was a year alex it was 2021 when alex was born and uh it was like five days before he was born that i drove way up north to vermont and bought i went to west glover vermont i way up there where where they marry your sister like fucking up there you know and uh bought half a cow i think it was half and uh it was pretty good that i was I was kind of pissed actually because the, the meat tasted good, but you could tell that the butcher fucked up and didn't age it right. Because, and then I later on did the math on when she said it went to slaughter and when he said it was ready, and there was no way it was aged longer than nine days, and I was fucking not happy about that. So, because I had like kind of semi tough ribeyes, and that should never be a thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, that, could, that could also be a slaughter thing. That could also yeah. just be the cow. Okay. Because like, I only age seven. Oh, all right. Maybe I I'm break wrong that. Well, I also break mine into eights. Like okay. when I slaughter them, I break the whole animal into eights. Yeah. So, so that way, there's more surface area, more it's, uh, everything can break down a little bit quicker and get ready to cut. Sure, not that. I'm sure he was hanging. Fucking yeah. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. and that and I mean max nine days. So at in the best case scenario, it was nine days. You know, like if he killed it that fucking day that she brought it, which they probably do, right? right. And because you know they don't have holding areas and um and then what and then called me as soon as it was ready i guess or no yeah i don't remember how i did this math at the time but when i picked it up it wasn't quite frozen yet so there was that so yeah, which, I, I, mean, I always make care. sure of that yeah but you know yeah that, like, that, that's the hard thing well it tasted great but you know there, now I, I, have good, I have good news for you what's up you know me now yeah i know i <laughs> I just started buying some meat from a local dude too, though, that like my mechanic kind of right. introduced me to. No, it's yeah. fine. I'll buy meat from you too. I don't give it. I eat a lot of meat. Um, this dude comes to me the other day with his older guy, you know, and I'm sure just like, and I'm fine with this. He's probably raising his cows like it's 1950, you know, which is, that's what I right. want actually. Cause I'm not the full grass fed thing to me. It's just too, it's too much. I'm good. You know, it's too gnarly. Yeah, I eat so all the much. fat. Yeah. I eat all the fat. So it's like, yeah. It fucking tastes like grass. And I'm like, I don't I eat the fat because I like it. I don't want to not like the fat, you know? Right. So I don't want full grass fat. I want some cow that was out on a nice pasture in season, you know, most of the time. And then free choice grain or whatever they do. You know, right. I don't I don't want a CAFO finished cow either, you know, no, which they, they're not. not doing that. Like if you're just some guy with cows, you're not doing that. No, know? and that's such a big stigma when it comes to it. Like yeah. It's everyone knows the clip words or like the clip sentences of like grass fed, organic, this. And it's like, you don't understand what's behind that word. Like 
what laws make that word mean what it does. Yeah. Because it's not the same. Like, it's no. not, it's your, all of the stuff you see that's like crazy marbled grass fed. There's no fucking way. Yeah, some of it, some of it, I will admit, absolutely is on some yeah. of the smaller farms and stuff. Oh like yeah, that. well, because you got to let it go. They have really good pastures and stuff, but and, with, and it's time, right? It's more, way more time, right? Way more time or something. And like you have to raise them in a climate that they can just eat and get fat. Like, Where that fucking time exists here? No, not <laughs> yeah. there is no that, time. That time is snow here, so that's not you right. know. So and you're not going to buy enough grass to go that time. You know, yeah, a form or whatever, which even I, I would assume isn't even going to get them there, right? Because now it's dried out. Like, well, oh no, no, it does. It does. It? For okay, sure. all right. And it's like I buy round bales. I'm hoping we we also hay our field. Our field sucks. Like, yeah, this property was a horse farm like a while ago. Yeah, and then it just didn't get taken care of for five six years. And I've yeah. been doing, I've hated the last three, and I'm taking some like steps to really try and change it i've got i've been looking into uh i heard what is it biochar yeah so i've been doing i've been listening to jack spearco talk about it like a whole bunch of different podcasts trying to kind of like figure it out and i've kind of got a little of that going on now all right well okay what that means is i have all the stuff Right. Yeah. No, and I haven't had the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in but that I case, also, I also tan highs. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I drove to the Adirondacks to buy 30 gallon drums. That's how wow committed I was to getting the shit. Cause you, so I'm the barrel guy, like, right. It, right. Or whatever. Somebody mentioned that. Um, so we we're Dowie farms. We're also S and H barrels. And, um, right. so I can't get, 30 gallon removable lid drums, metal drums. They're just like, although I did find a couple locally the other day, which there's a lead there, which might turn into more. Um, So, you know, turns out maybe I shouldn't even say this, but I'm I'm sure there's going to be a local rush on them. If I say this right. Uh, (laughs) Definitely not. Boat boat repair places may or may not have them. Like they don't have a lot. Uh, They get, they get them here and there. Maybe. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, I had to go get barrels up in Alton Bay um, yeah. from a marina and uh, had to, meaning like they offered me free barrels. And I went, yeah, all right. And then I got there and they weren't what I thought, which sucked. But in my travels through their little workshop, <laughs> when I was going to pick some stuff out, like or pick up some barrels they left out, um, yeah. I saw two. And I was like, oh, what are those all about? Are they, are they empty? And they were like, no, we just got them. And I was like, well, what is it like oil or something? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, look, I'm going to give you my number. Like, I need you to call me when those are empty. I will come up and like, just pick up two fucking barrels. It's an hour and a half away. Um, So I'm going to start making calls to marinas or uh, boat boat repair places. Yeah. And uh, see if I can get them. But I had to drive to the freaking Adirondacks to get uh, 14 of them, I think. And um, they were... And they're not even great. They're thinner metal than you would expect. And they were from an old pharmaceutical company (laughs) from like the (laughs) eighties. So they're clean, but, but like, there you go. These ones are clean. They, he had other barrels too, that I ended up taking that were like 18 gallons that still have residue from like penicillin or some shit. Oh God. (laughs) Or like, then there's like beeswax uh, or 
not beeswax, but it's like it's a beeswax type, like uh, it's, it's not it's like a beeswax analog that they use. Oh, okay, whatever. I can't remember yeah. the word. Um, it's safe, safe enough, whatever. But uh, yeah, so there's another guy here in town that's that I gave him a setup, uh, like a 30 and a 55, and a fucking ton of wood. And I was like, let's get this going, dude. You got the time, and I don't, you know. And uh, I don't know if he's done it. I haven't reached back out to him. It's been weeks. But uh, I also get from a dovetail drawer place every week. Yeah. Anywhere between like six and 12, 55 gallon drums full of hardwood cutoffs. And uh, so I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I could just start a biochar thing. Like, no, that's awesome. (laughs) You know what I mean? I just don't have time. Yeah. I'm so I'm looking at it from a couple different angles because I'm looking at it from getting my pastures back to like where they need to be. But I'm also looking at it because I've been looking into making biochar out of bone. Yep. Yep. I have a ton of bones. Yeah. All the time. And it would that would actually solve a problem for me of like getting rid of waste material. Yeah. And being able to use it. Do you sell stock or bone broth? No, I, so I don't sell anything just because oh, okay. I'm custom exempt. So oh, the only right. the only meat I can cut is like that person's animal. Okay. But, yeah. So there are like, connections with commercial kitchens, obviously. So. Right. So it's like, hey, all right, <laughs> let's right. start bone broth. So um, the mushroom guy that I work with has a commercial kitchen. The guy that grows mushrooms over in uh, uh, we're in uh, Kingston. Oh yeah, yeah. Dunks, you know him? No, no, yeah. No. He was in Danville. Then he bought on one twenty five in Kingston. Oh yeah, no, I lived and, on. Yeah, yeah. So there's like a oh, fuck. What's across the street? You would know it. I don't. I don't remember. Whatever. He's up there. He's up almost on the Brentwood line up that way. Oh, all right. Yeah. yeah. He's up towards that end. So um, yeah, he's uh he's got a commercial kitchen. He does bone broth for someone else now, like for maybe Vernon Family Farm or something. Nice. Is, yeah. So, but uh, you know, you said bones. Oh shit! I'm always looking. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, but no. Not. So I'm like I'm looking yeah. at it from the aspect of doing that, and then also my neighbors own a construction and excavation company. And they just invested in a sawmill. Oh, so cool. they can start milling all their own lumber. Yeah. And there'll be a and lot of there. Yeah. They just have piles of cutoffs. And they're like, we'll come stack them. Like, we'll just bring you stacks. And then also, they get a shit ton of uh, wood chips that yeah. local wood like processors will How just How far drop away off. are you? <laughs> How far away right. I could take some cutoffs too, you know, for heat. Yeah. So it's like, but yeah. it's like one of those things where it's like, I'm almost in like a weird perfect storm of like, it'd be dumb to not do bio. Oh, yeah. Cause now here's the thing. So I watched, I think, uh, shit, I can't remember his name. He's a semi-famous permaculture guy. Semi-famous. So whatever on YouTube, um, it's not, it's going to be a weird name. It's not like, it's not like Paul Wheaton or something, but it's like, but I think he just did a Kickstarter add-ons. And one of the guy, one of the add-ons was this guy. Yeah. I can't remember his name. Anyway, he just bought like a homestead or something like right next to his grandmother or something. He has got a whole video series on it and he was doing biochar in a pit. So I'm just thinking like with your limit of time, right. And land 
and the availability of like kind of the same situation I'm in where the feedstock for the biochar is like, who gives a shit? Cause it's just going to be there. Right. right. Fucking dig a hole. <laughs> right. And just start burning shit and then cover it, you know? And, well, and then reseed. I don't know if that's an option. I don't know if you want to do that though. Cause I don't so if you want to know how far this has already escalated yeah. with me just cause I went over to my neighbors and like said, Hey, like I have this idea like what do you guys think and i was talking to his wife and she's awesome so we're talking about it. she's like yeah we'll come over and stack it at your house that's awesome and i was like okay and she's like so how do you do it and i was explaining a retort and like how to do all that and i was like i think i'm gonna start with like i have some older like propane cylinders but like the bigger ones that i could fit like a 55 gallon drum in kind of thing and I was like, all right, like that would be cool. And she goes, Yeah, come over here. I want to show you something. I'm like, okay. And we walk over and she walks me over to a it's got it's like a like a tanker, like that would be like hauling milk or like gasoline yeah. or something, like one of the huge water the tanks. Water tanker, goes, yeah, yeah. Could this come in? Like, could you use this? And <laughs> yeah. I was like, I had like a moment of like hands over the eyes, like. I see a massive retort that could hold four 55 gallon drums. Yeah. Four pig shelters. And like, I brought, like I broke the whole thing down while it was sitting. Like, yeah. Like I see everything. That's a lot. That's, That's a, a lot. And I'm like, I can't, I, there's no way I can, I haven't even done it once. I'm not going to say, yes, I'm going to take that. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a lot of biochar. That's good though. I mean, because it's not gonna like it doesn't go bad. Well, and it if it's not gonna by itself, it's not gonna fix your path. You need to seed, right? Or something. You're, yeah, I need to seed again, yeah. and I need to it just needs to be worse. Is it like what happens? Like invasive stuff? No, it I, we've got a decent amount of invasive. Like I need to put some lie down and stuff, like okay. to get get rid of that. Um, I need to aerate it. Just yeah all the normal stuff i just yeah. haven't had the time ability or money to do it and it's probably like, how much land are you talking about i think it's around we've pastured off some so now it's probably nine acres that's like, like eight it's acres a significant piece of land yeah you got oh yeah i mean last year we got 140 bales off of it so yeah. like not a ton but it was something like i fed for a while off of our land which was nice but yeah even like the guy who mowed it was like you could get 600 bales off this easy yeah. like and it was like if you let me do it, i was like I, I trust me i would love to i would <laughs> love to have you do this for me but yeah just it's just not producing yeah no yeah. so we're getting there and we'll figure it out but yeah no i was thinking about doing something with biochar and feeding it to the pigs, just put, and also like, again, to help with that, keep some of like the smell down with the pigs. And then yeah. I can just go in there and with a tractor and pull all that manure out. That's already full of biochar. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, can't you make biochar out of like uh, manure, like dry manure too, or something? Probably. I think that's a thing. But um, how long have you, have you ever had pigs? There's no such thing nope. as dry pig manure. Yeah, no, I will never have pigs. So I love them. But I'll I, never have anything on a hoof. I just don't. Not your thing. I get it. I, yeah, no, I, just, I'm I, struggling I, I, with the question I, of if I'll ever have poultry again. 
Yeah, I mean, if there was ever a farmhand and a bigger piece of land, I mean, maybe, you know, but right. I don't have that kind of focus. <laughs> it's a lot. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's like... It's so much commitment. <laughs> yeah, I like the people that are like, why don't you get a dairy goat or something? I'm like, fuck you. You don't have to milk that like twice a day. Like, that's no. crazy. I'm not milking never. stuff. We'll never I have dairy. Around, yeah, I grew up around that. I don't want to deal with that. Like, right. and I just, uh, like, I, I see a lot of people. Now, I know it's different now, but like, there's a, I see a lot of people lose money, you know, with, right. with cattle and whatnot. Like, I, I went out, even like, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not an expert on cattle, but I was, I was going to farms in the, uh, in the fall last year. Mm-hmm. Cause I was going to buy another half cow and I didn't want to get them from the place where I got them before. Right. Cause I wasn't thrilled with it and it's a lot of money. So I was going around and I ended up at this place in Maine and, uh, she was talking about fertilizer and I'm like, you've got fucking where, in Maine? uh, right on the border. Kind of not yeah. too, uh, on the other side of Dover. So like Summersworth area, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. but not, not New Hampshire <laughs> over right. there. Like maybe five, maybe like five miles north of there. So, um, I don't know. She was a fucking weirdo. She started talking to me about illegal immigrants and shit in Portsmouth and I was out. So, uh, I, I don't, I'm like, I don't need to talk about this with you lady. So it's kind of a weird thing to bring up with your customers anyway. So (laughs) like, Hey, let's talk about illegals in Portsmouth and how they're ruining New Hampshire. And I'm like, that's not what's fucking ruining New Hampshire. So (laughs) the nine illegal immigrants that came in through Portsmouth last year, that's not the problem. So Uh. like, Anyway, so, but she was talking about buying fertilizer because we were talking about the fertilizer prices because the, oh, uh, the, the Ukraine, yeah, the Ukraine scam. So uh, that whole fucking thing. So, but I was like, I'm like, can't you just paddock shift and not have to fertilize? Like, isn't that a thing? And she's just like, no. And I'm like, all right, sure. I, gotcha. I will defend her slightly. Yeah. It's maybe possible. not, maybe no right away. Right. But there's got to be a way to get there. Oh yeah, no, there is for sure, but it's a scaling issue. Like, yeah, if you already have the infrastructure for one way of doing things, oh like, yeah, rotational grazing is a lot. Like, I'm in the process of like very at, at the beginning of it with my pigs. Yeah, yeah. And at I the get moment, that, like you can't just fucking make it happen right away. No, but, no, no, no. Because it's like so. My yeah. plan with the field is I'm essentially going to be. Hang it, like, uh, doing a first cut, and then just moving animals across it yep. for the second, for the next couple of years. Like, yeah. that's that's all I'm doing right now is just building infrastructure because yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Like, so yeah. the Even pigs have been making us more money, so we've moved over to, like, that pasture. But I just did a – it's right around three-acre pasture. But for this year and probably next – like they're just going to have the three acres and just free roam. Like, I'm yeah. not going to worry about really moving them and rotating them for now. Cause I'm like, we've got too much shit to do. Like, yeah, no, I get it. You got to pick the, when it comes to infrastructure, especially you have to pick your battles. Like we have the, it's, I know earlier I said like, we're seven tenths of an acre and then a thousand square feet. And it's wow. like infrastructure last year. I was like, this is an infrastructure year at home. Like, cause we're transitioning out of poultry. And moving right. more towards just like gardens and and uh, I want to move more towards um, oh, who's that Eric Tosenmeyer in Mass in Massachusetts that does the uh, he has like a tenth of an acre and they grow like a massive amount of food. Oh yeah, 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 not yeah. that small actually. I think it's two properties, but anyway. And I'm like, you know, 
I have this small space, really. Like, it's not big. It's not small. Like, I know some people are like, I only have a quarter of an acre. Seven tenths would be huge, you know. But, mm-hmm. you know, I grew up where there's land. So to me, it's a very small right. piece of property, but it's big enough for gardens and this and that and having different areas, you know. So having poultry be your thing on that small of a piece of land, that's not a, a smart approach. Yeah, like I think I think my pit where my pigs are now is yeah. like an acre. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I want to move towards it's basically uh, five suburban lots or five right. city lots, you know, with like, cause to me, I look at it, I compartmentalize it. So right. I have what I call tomato land. Right. And that is a 10 by 20 greenhouse frame, like a metal tube style greenhouse frame. Uh, like it's like three inch metal, which is right. nice. And it came with all the shit, but I only wanted the frame. And then I hung like a PVC and EMT conduit grid from the top. And um, I, I did the strings for the tomatoes. Right. Right. So I did that last year. We got the tomatoes in late because I was fucking busy mm-hmm. and I was doing stuff backwards. <laughs> I actually planted all the tomatoes and then put the greenhouse structure up. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. and then put irrigation in last. That was smart. So um, but anyway, I got I can get 70 tomatoes in that space, which is crazy. It's only 10 That's awesome. Yeah. Now I'm looking at that thing and I'm going, oh, on the um south side of it is an oak tree so that kind of fucks up some opportunities but there's some other opportunities there right i can trellis this you know right and i can grow some other yeah and it's like so i'm looking at taking these little sections and turning them into like high intensity production like vertical and everything you know that's Um, awesome and just slowly like to the point where we have a handful of ducks maybe even like four you know because ducks are so damaging a lot of times. Oh my God. Um, and like, and then chickens, I'm going to do chickens still. And I'm going to do a, a fair amount. Like, and I, but I'm going to do it like I've got a tenth of an acre in downtown dairy, right? So I'm going to get the small, douchey looking chicken mom style hutch. You know what I mean? That looks like a fucking right. house. I hate those, but whatever. And uh, I'm going to put one way over in the corner of the property. And there's going to be four American breast chickens in there. And they're going to lay eggs, and I'm going to hatch those eggs. I'm going to sell day-old chicks on deposit basis. Like, I'm only going to hatch what's already sold, you know? And then I'll do two other breeds, maybe, in different, uh, you know, hutches. And they're not going to – or coops. And they're not going to be out. You know, they'll be out when we're not gardening, you know, in the off-seasons. They'll be out when they're not breeding and they're not. we're not gardening. They'll be out, you know? Right. But, but when they need to breed and when we have shit that we don't want them to eat, they'll be in. And I know right. that kind of sucks because they'll be pseudo free range and they'll be kind of pissed at me for a couple of weeks, but you're a fucking chicken. Get over it. Yeah, so, it is what it is. Like, yeah. <laughs> like cause at the end of the day, like, cause yeah. I run into this with sometimes where I, my wife's like, I want them out and her to do this. And it's like, that's not what they're for. Yeah. Like I know they're an animal and they have blah, blah, blah. Yeah. They are also livestock that are not only going to be producing food for you, producing income for you in some instances, but they're also like managing your pasture or doing this or doing that. They're yeah. here for a specific reason. They're doing a job. I mean, exactly. And that's, is that Salatin? Everything has to have a job or whatever. Is that him? I think I so. Yeah. But like, it's true. And so I've learned in doing this small scale poultry thing. There's so years ago, I did my, the one episode I did on the survival podcast was profitable, uh, uh, duck 
farming, like eggs on small property. And yes, that was profitable at the time. Right. Um, in 2014, that was profit or 15, that was profitable. It's not, you can't make money on, on, uh, <laughs> you can't make Do money. It. Bring it. Do it. I love fucking PETA to show up at my house. So <laughs> make my day. <laughs> they notice they only show up at places where guys like you and I aren't. Anyway, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, fucking come on over. So like, uh, anyway, so back then you could make, you were, you were, uh, 10 50 for 50 pounds of duck feed, you know, or something. Right. And, uh, I had new ducks and yes, you can make money if you're going to process your ducks out. And then the, the hard part about that is ducks will lay longer than chickens significantly longer because ducks right. have more eggs to start as a bird. They have like, I don't remember the numbers. But if a chicken has 1,500 eggs, a duck has like 2,500 or something, right? Yeah, I know, I know Josh, Josh talked about that on yeah. his. He did like a rundown of like the top five like tiny homestead animals or like yeah. small homestead animals. And he brought that up there. It's like ducks will lay for yeah, much longer. Six years. Yep, exactly. Like consistently. And I get people to call me. You're lucky to get two, especially up here. Yeah, I get people to call me all the time. Do you have any old ducks though? They were looking for meat. And I go, no, we don't do that. And they're like, but do you have any old ducks that aren't laying anymore? And I go, yeah, they're fucking nine. Like, what are you going to eat? Right. <laughs> you know? They were a layer duck in the first place because we bring in Metzer Farm 300, uh, you know, the golden and white hybrid layers. Right. And now they're seven or eight years old. And they've, they've, they're laying, they're only laying 50 eggs a year, you know, or whatever. Oh. And uh, yeah. And they want to eat them. And I'm like, there was no meat on them when they were in their prime, you know, because like, Right. I got the Metzer farm uh, uh, hybrid layers. Right. The first year I learned about them, basically. I think it was like 2017 I got those for the first time. And uh, <clears throat> I got straight runs because I wanted to know, like, right. can I process these males? Is it worth it? And I was paying a guy out in Milford to do it. And um, I was $12 a bird to process. They, oh. were six, they were six months old. And I got four pound carcass back four to four and a half pound carcasses, yeah. which you know, what are we, yeah. 40% bone or something like that? Oh, so geez. like, I, yeah, I stopped I mean, processing my egg birds, like yeah. my culls. What's the point? Yeah. Right in the compost. I didn't yeah. care. Like, you should use those. To re- you should use those to rehab your field. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> so, right. Exactly. Just start setting up retirement pens and let them shit and eat. So, uh, and don't feed them. Just, just like the, them just set pen. up like, uh, what is it? The friggin cockfighting where they just have the 55 oh, yeah. gallon drum with like the rooster on a string just <laughs> just just fill my field with single right? chickens i got barrels so uh <laughs> yeah so uh no but like i we didn't want to process we never really wanted to process right. out the layers we just we're like yeah we'll let them retire on the farm and if you google search how long does a duck live it's a fucking lie it says like seven years right yeah no and our uh, seven to nine i think is what it says last year i had a 12 and a half year old duck die because it got attacked by another bird meaning like it was a raven that attacked it well so that duck, oh my god that duck, would, that duck would probably still be here okay yeah. so like maybe we're just doing something right or maybe ducks will live for fucking ever you know, so like if you want to go into ducks to make money, you've got to hatch and sell. You can't right. go, I'm going to do eggs and make money. We're selling duck eggs for $12 a dozen right now. And we don't make money, you know? No. And it's like, and then I see all these <laughs> other assholes online, oh, duck eggs, $6 a dozen. I'm like, have fun losing fucking $7 a dozen, you know, right. <laughs> whatever you're doing there. My wife looked at me the other day and she's like, why do we do this? This sucks. 
and we yeah. don't make any money. I was like, yeah. I, I really I don't have an answer for you. I, I run through the same even with the greens, like our microgreens business is booming. And yeah, that's awesome. We're like I work a hundred hours a week on it. And that's partially because I don't want her to work a lot on it because I want her to stay home with the baby because that's what she wants to do, and that's what I wanted to do too. Right. So and it's working out because he's two and he's smarter than he should be, you know. So like it's all paying off, you know, in that sense. But you know, we have uh, it's about a thousand square feet. I have a 600 square foot room. I'm in here. Well, this is the office part. We harvest, we package in here and we have, there's four refrigerators in here. And then nice. in the other side of this wall is the other, whatever, 480 or something. And, um, there's, uh, a lot of grow racks out there. I can't even remember anymore. I lose count. I think I got, I got 240 spaces of self water. Oh. Right. So I plant 220 a week, right. 10, 20 grays. In the other room, in the behind the monitor, and uh, <laughs> so we had to move planting into another room. This whole thing, so like, and then we run two delivery routes a week, and we have harvest a few days a week, and everything gets cut, washed, dried, refrigerated, and then we do custom orders and and everything. So it's like right. it's a lot of work. And it, I did start. I have recently started kicking around ideas on how can I streamline this process a little more. You know, like right. do I stop offering custom because we are moving. Yeah. Yeah. We went after bigger restaurants and they're not ordering fucking two ounces of this and one ounce of that. You know, they're getting right. eight ounce packages and whatever. And uh, I, I don't want to be the dick that goes, I don't fucking need the small ones anymore. And it's, but it's, it's kind of true. But no, it, it absolutely gets to that point. And it's yeah. like, I feel that when it comes to um, deer season for me, because I had to make a decision last year on whether or not I was going to take deer from opening archery to yeah. end of, like end of the season. And I couldn't, I took deer for two weeks last year. I wow. still did like 25 by myself, maybe 30. Like I don't even remember how many I did in that time, but it was like, I can't take that much time away from, my livestock customers where it's yeah. all of a sudden I'm having such a bigger influx of doing pig, especially in the fall doing pigs. Like the turnaround on pigs is so crazy that it's like, I can't afford to turn away two 300 pound hang weight pigs because I got to cut up like six 80 pound hang weight deer. Yeah. Like, I could like, I can't, I've never, I've never shot a deer in my life, which makes me less of a man. And, well, uh, it, it doesn't because neither am <laughs> I. I just don't have. I never. I didn't. When I was a kid, I didn't want to do it. Honestly, yeah. I shot a fucking squirrel when I was a kid, and I, I felt terrible because it didn't die. It fucking wouldn't die. I just shoot it like eight times. I'm like, what's the point now? You know. You want to know what's so, way worse? You want to know what's way worse than that? What? Shooting a pig in the face and not <clears throat> having it die. No thing. No thing. Dude. Yeah. Dude, it's. No. I had to. I, a, I had to put a duck down two years ago. They got like fly strike or something. Yeah. They had like maggots, you know, and uh, it had a wound. I didn't catch it in time, whatever. And I shot it, which I know makes no sense, but that's what was going on at the time. I didn't have cones and stuff set up and it was a pet basically. At this right. point. And uh, I can answer that question in a second. Yeah. So uh, I had to shoot it and the fucking duck moved at the last second. Yeah. And it mm -hmm. didn't take the shot right. And it was still alive. And then the gun fucking jammed. Oh, it always does. That's always that's always the worst. Yeah. 
that, that split that second, gun. or it's it feels like ten hours. Yeah. yeah between that, yes. Shot, miss, reload. Yep. That it's, duck. I ended up just having. This, I slit its throat with my dull fucking jackknife because, like, I I did, I couldn't get I, the gun I, work right. I, that, I that, that gun suggested that one in the first place. Yeah, I know. That, gun, <laughs> that, that fucking twenty two lives in the river now next to my house. But yeah. anyway, uh, the quail question there. Uh, ready to start doing quail? Anybody know the lifespan? Uh, in my experience, because I never killed anything, <laughs> was uh, so my quail lived in an aviary, so right. I didn't do I didn't do cages. If you're going to do cages, I wouldn't recommend trying to let Kate, let quail live their life out because it's not yeah. really. It's I, I would do mine. And like, again, it's like I did the Texas prepper two domes and set them up for quail. Okay. Yeah. Now I got out of quail too. And that's part of the reason. So I would, your, your lifespan on a quail is like 18 to 36 months. And I know that's a big range, right? So, right. but it's, it makes yeah. sense. You put them out there. We're also in New Hampshire, so it's going to depend on where you are. Okay. Uh, I had them out on the ground in an aviary setting, and they got eaten by fucking rats. Uh, Everything. They, they get these little weird balls of shit on their feet because the corn from the feed gets on the ground, and it gets a little wet, and then sticks to their feet, and then it builds off itself. And then when you break those off, it's the worst smell on the planet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Um, Brad Davies, the guy that Jack talks about on his show about the, the Moon Valley Prepper, that guy. Yeah. He uh he his process on quail is where it's at. All right. So he I don't think he keeps his quail for longer than like four months. He's fast. God, no. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's like so you know, we all know what egg well, they, to no, egg to egg is is they 20, start laying at like eight weeks. Like egg to egg is ten weeks. So yeah. like put it in the incubator. And now you're getting a new, a new egg out of that egg is 10 weeks, I think. Right. And um, he's, I think it's six months where is where he processes actually now that I think about it. But, but like I've, yeah, to think about it, I raised quail for a while and it's like, that makes complete sense. You could absolutely do that and yeah. have a decent turnover. Yeah. So we put them out, we didn't kill them and we just put them out in an aviary right. and what we got what we got for eggs. And then you go out there and there'd be a dead bird, you know, whatever. And yeah. uh, I don't know that, so I never did the work to try to figure out exactly how, how long they were living. But um, I did actually, that's not hundred percent true. I did ban some quail one year, which I also fucking advise against because the band sizing is wrong. No matter what you get, it's right. wrong. And uh, I had legless fucking quail eventually. So, um, but I did have some that, that, you know, two years later, I'm like, Oh my God, there's a yellow band on that quail's leg. I can't believe that thing's still alive. So right, my guess is, two and a half years on the life life expectancy of a quail maybe three but but if i yeah. i would say like i would say if you're raising them for meat like yeah if you're raising them for meat don't if you're raising don't for pass. meat eight weeks tops. yeah yeah if you're raising for dual yeah purpose, dual eight, eight weeks is two months so yeah six months tops right yeah exactly i think he was getting like I think I want to say he was getting like two hatch cycles and then he would process out everything. That's not bad. Something like, like that. That's smart. Yeah. And uh, man, he was cranking out food. That guy right there. He's a guy. He's a guy that I wish would do a little more of this, you know, interview type stuff. Cause he's got, he's a pit of knowledge. Like yeah. he's the reason for my microgreen system. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have thought of this shit. Like he does, uh, he does clones. Okay. Yeah a word, you know, for non-tomato growers. And uh, 
us people that don't do that call them cuttings. But anyway, so <laughs> right. He does those things and uh, it's legal where he does it. He, where he right. lived in Michigan, it was uh, like 24 plants every, however long the time interval wow. was, he could sell to a dispensary. So he was doing that, making really good money. And uh, he, um, you know, he, he's an indoor kind of guy, grower, you know, but he also, he's a hunter. He lives, he has a fucking property up in the UP, I think. And he has like, he's a fisherman. Right. He's like, he works on electronics. He's like, guy knows everything. So he kind of was like, at my um he was at my microgreens class i did at jacks one year and he's like dude you need to set up self-watering and flood tables they make low tide flood table i'm like ah you're fucking speaking some other language dude you know right <laughs> like, and then he kind of showed me all the stuff and then and then we worked it out together um nice. but like you know because he hadn't built a microgreen system with these things he just knew this stuff worked so i got low tide flood tables two foot by eight footers and then we you know went from are we going to do pvc as a big shelf and right. i was like we scrapped that idea because pvc if you really start doing the math you might as well buy restaurant wire racks you know and uh they're more adjustable whatever yes rachel always gives me shit for not he actually yelled doing at it. me because of you today <laughs> i want to do more videos but like i just fucking have things that happen like i get it so, dude you don't have you, you do not have to explain that to me yeah, every I'm, week I message my buddy that I was doing videos with. Yeah. I want to say, oh, we were doing videos together. There's like three. Um, so not really. Right. <laughs> so and he's like, oh my he's always moving, this guy that I do these right. other shows with. He's always like, uh, he's got an apartment he rents out or something. Yeah. And then he's like, Oh, I'm moving back into the apartment. I'm moving back into the house. <laughs> like, what the fuck, man? No, and dude, he, I, like because I keep up with it consistently. It's it's a lot. Like getting it all figured out and then just doing the yeah. talking, like having to talk to no one about something yeah. while you're That's, doing it. Is... I feel that if I did more microgreens videos, they'd just be ridiculously repetitive, even though I know there's plenty of things I can still cover. Um, right. Part of my issue is that I don't remember what the fuck I already did. <laughs> so, well, I'll catch myself on that so much yeah. when I'm like, um, I know a lot of people don't care either. No, like, and it's, I know. mean, because I have this, I have this like anxiety complex that there's just too much time lapse in my videos. And it's like, it's maybe like, it's a decent amount, but it's for what I'm doing. I want to be able to show everything I can. Yeah. And in order to do that, it's got to be time lapsed because I'm editing down three hours of video into a 40 and, minute clip. And the editing is bad. It's so much. Hell. It, that's Hell. the problem. So recently, I, I I also do enjoy it, but I'm a masochist. So oh, I'm like, you enjoy editing, huh? Yeah, you yeah, are. I do a little bit. I do. That's fucked up. I mean, I don't hate it. It's just I don't have the time. Like it's so people need to understand if you're gonna make a uh, a 15 minute instructional video on anything, okay, you're gonna spend like two hours shooting it. And then you're going to spend, <laughs> no, you don't want that. Yeah, maybe be you do. Jack Spearco. Can you imagine the, all it would be fucking the John Dowie road rage podcast. So, um, 15 minute instructional video is at least two hours of editing or shooting. Sorry. Yeah. And then it's probably an hour of editing and then it's another hour to get that thing out. Like, so when you see 15 minutes of edited content, like high production value content, 
it's like three or four hours total, you know? (laughs) And uh, I read that as AIDS real quick when I looked at it, which would be really weird. Listen, you can barely (laughs) tell anymore with the new medication that's out. So I'd appreciate it if you don't talk about it. Yeah, right. Uh, So, (laughs) um, man, I don't even know. No, it's it's a lot. What was that? I said, do people still get AIDS? Is that a thing? Or did Fauci no, get rid of it? Not anymore. So, uh, um, no. So it's like, because now I'm starting to have to dive in. Now I'm starting to dive into, all right, I've already put up at least one video of me slaughtering, breaking down, like yep. I've done beef, pigs. I did a goat. I haven't done lambs yet. But like. There are a couple videos each of me doing that. So now I'm breaking down into like, I just did a thing on ham of just like, yeah. all right, I yeah, have totally. free reign to cut these however I want. So we're going to make it as economic as possible and show you all the different varieties. Because that's always the biggest question I get when I am filling out cut sheets with people. It's like, well, what can you get out of it? And I was like, all right, cool. Make yeah. a video. Like, <clears throat> I was just going to say the cut, sheet. the cut sheet is the the first time I had to do it, it's, it's the most, it's, it's, you don't understand 60% of it. And mm-hmm. I'm a guy that knows stuff, you know, like about this. Um, and you're really the, the thing about a cut sheet is you're afraid to fuck it up because it's so much money. Like for well, somebody's home budget, yeah, like a half a cow is like your beef budget for the year. You know, So I'm, so I'm going to so let like, you in on a little secret. Am I going to fuck up the whole beef yeah. budget for the year right now with one piece of paper? You know, so it's like that's yeah. no, it's not. It's trepidation. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. 90% of butchers. They just do what they want. Well, no, no, no. Like the cut <laughs> sheets are not made for the customer. They are not made for the customer to understand. They're for yeah. us to understand. Yeah. Because it's, do you want to know how often I look at the cut sheet? Quite often. And I just go. And then I'm back to the bench. Like, so it's one of those things where it's, I, and I'll admit, like, it's not designed for my customers. I fill out 90% of my cut sheets for customers. Like, I'll sit down and talk them through it. And what are you doing? What are you getting? Yeah, but that's. What do you eat? I've never had that. I filled out a dozen cut sheets. I'm special. And I've never had that. I've always had, here's our, here's our cut sheet. Yeah, yeah, no, like, exactly. And that's, I know. And again, that's a now lot I know of doing, people but, just going, yeah. all right, here you go. Have fun. Yeah, now I know what I'm doing, so it's okay. But, like, there was the first four I filled out. I'm like, I have no fucking idea what I'm doing. And I actually just made a – I don't know, actually, it wasn't a mistake. This guy I found that's local uh, doing the 1950s cows, to get back to that. That's what I'm going to call it. And uh, so he came to me with his price list, and uh, I was like – he goes, I know you're going to, I want to show you my price list and I know you're going to say it's too cheap. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Probably. So he shows me his cut list and I'm like, yeah, it's fucking way too cheap. He's getting like 10 50 a pound for ribeyes. Right. Which is like six bucks cheap probably. Yeah. Right. And I go, dude, you, now he's getting like six bucks a pound for his ground. So I'm like, that's fine. All right. You know, I mean, but still that's but almost prime cuts right now. Yeah. Your prime cuts like, dude, you got to get those up. Maybe if you want to do something like this, offer a couple of prime cuts for less, but don't ribeyes are where it's at. No. So I immediately said to him, I said, this is, I go, yeah, it's too cheap. You should be getting like 16 bucks a pound for your ribeyes at least, you know? Right. And he's like, uh, and he doesn't want to do it. And then I get, I know I what his, it. I know what his mentality is and it's, I'm yeah. not going to fight him. Right. I'm just telling him, look, dude, you can get a lot more money for this. Um, but then I said, so you're going to charge 10, 50 pound for ribeyes? And he said, yeah. And I said, when do you have a new, when are you cutting another one up? And he's like, tomorrow. And I go, I'll take the whole fucking thing. 
He goes, what do you, the whole, I, no, just the whole ribeye. I just want the whole thing. I want a whole loin. I go, you don't even have to slice it for me. He's, oh, no, I'll cut it up into cuts. How thick do you want them? I go, two inches. Yeah. <laughs> right? And he's like, no. And I'm like, yes, fucking two inches, you know? Then he brought them to me, man. And they're, they're, the fucking, oh, you know, the plates, perfect. they're oh, huge. Yeah. Now, it's interesting because I told him, I said, don't cut anything out. Don't trim it. Like, I don't want. So, wait, did he give you the whole rack? The whole, like. Or just the rib, rib primal? Okay. I wish I had one here. I did like two days ago. Um, there's a, the bone, uh, the, the real tomahawk. You had a tomahawk. Sort of. It's yes, but he cut some of the bone off. It's kind of weird. So, but, so it's more of a cowboy then. So yeah, cowboy yeah, yeah. is like, you have this much bone. Yes. Yeah. And then on the other side, there's another small that, section of bone. That's that going to get clipped. What? Me going. You have that much bone. <laughs> and going, yes. And I did it again. So <laughs> absolutely that's too long. Yeah. So, um, half that. That's way above average for yes. bone. Um <laughs> so, so yeah, I have that. And uh they're fucking big though, man. And they're like, I don't know how to I'd say they're 14 inches wide if I just laid it down so end to end, and then they're 10 inches the other way, right? Yeah. They're huge. And there's a section on there that I've never even seen. And it tastes a little gnarly. Like it's, it's meat. Uh, and then when you get the to the cap. middle, maybe it might, is that meat? The cap? It or is, that, but it's not. Yeah. Great. That would normally get cut off. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I told him not to cut shit off. Cause I wanted it yeah. all. Cause really what I wanted was. So is it when, you look, when you look at this, when you look at it, I'm trying to think about it. Yeah. I wish I just had a picture. It lays right on top. So it's like an extra piece on top of the steak. Yes, 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 yeah, yes, exactly. Thing. Okay, yeah, he left that on. I still eat it. I don't give a fuck. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> all right. Well, now you inspired me. I'm doing a rib video on. Yeah, do uh, it Monday. That's great. So I, then I'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so uh, I just said to him, I said, "Look, uh, I want the whole loin, and I don't want you to trim that big fat cap off." Right. You know what I'm talking about when you're making a prime rib and they cut that off. Stop it, first of all. Anyway, so. And I know every chef is like, right now, you have to cut that up. Fuck you. You don't have to cut that off. That's ridiculous. Eat it. Eat it like a man. So, uh, what video I want did to... I grind a whole ribeye? What's that? I don't, Haas down here says, can't believe in that one video, Kyle did it. <laughs> did he ground it all? I'm like, I don't remember that. Oh I mean, God. if it was a dairy, if it was an old dairy, I can. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was, there's a so. place, Ilsley Farm does that. They, uh, yeah. Yeah. They process out some stuff. But anyway, so, I got these steaks, man, and I got the whole ribeye, and it was only like eight steaks. That's <laughs> how thick they are. Yeah. Oh man, it's so good. <clears throat> I have to, up. I have to kind of aim for medium almost when yeah. I cook them because I need to render the fat. They're so thick, you know. But I still get rare in the middle. The good part. Have you thought about like reverse searing them? Well, I don't know what that is. Like do them in the oven for a little while. Oh, like yeah. I could. I got a sous vide. Like I can sous vide and like just kind of, or even like, do you have a sous vide? Yeah, I could do that. Because the sous, if you have a sous vide, that's the way to do it. Yeah, I just haven't done it. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I could do that. I just have. I've only eaten two of them because because and then it opens you up to the options of now you can put butter and garlic, and oh, herbs yeah. and yeah. everything into the sous vide bag. Let that thing sit. Pop it in like when you go to work at a hundred and twenty yep. or at like hundred and fifteen. Yeah let it cook in the sous vide all day and then come home and pull it out and just go yep. and have it that's melt. That's how I do my London broil. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. 
they make a really good London broil marinade. And I do I this speed. I do it at 120, I think, for like six hours. And then I just, you know, whatever, cook it. I, I hit medium rare because usually if we're if we're eating London broil, it ain't just me. Because if I'm going to eat meat by myself, it's going to be a fucking ribeye. I'm not going to eat London broil by myself because uh, I'm just a ribeye guy. Like yeah. even to me, even prime rib is a waste of time to me because you, you can't get enough sear and seasoning on it. You know what right. I mean? I just am not interested. Just slice that fucker up and let's cook it, you know? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Rachel, I'll do my best. Yeah, that's a good idea. That that could be a whole... That's a whole series. That could be your most popular series, too. I know. I'm just thinking reg- about that right everyday now. Everyday regular people are going to be looking for that, including me. I would have been looking for it, you know? Absolutely. And you can do that on... You could... Oh, man. You could break that down into so many videos because it can be how to fill out a cut sheet for... And then each animal, right? Yeah. And then it can be, uh, here's an explanation of the cuts in general. Mm-hmm. And then, like, here's a little deep dive on this one. You know, like, you got you got 150 episodes there. Exactly. All yeah. right. Well, damn. So, I guess that's starting next week. Yeah, but we are coming up on an hour and a half. Oh, yeah. This fun conversation. I'm the guy yeah. that will talk to you for three hours. So you no, absolutely. Know. And I, we're going to stop the live, and we'll probably end up talking for another half hour, hour. But yeah. um, I do actually have a... A hard out. I have a hard out. No, like I'm no important. worries, man. That's like I'm fine. important. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I feel like we didn't but, talk about anything. <laughs> no. Oh, absolutely. We could between the two of us. So I first listened to you on Tim Show. Yeah. And I was like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" <laughs> and then I'm like, "Oh, he's in Dairy. All right." <laughs> and then um, I was thinking today on the way home, the kids were being nuts. Like it was just a hell gig, and I'm like. Oh, this is going to be a shit show because I'm in one of those moods and I already know how John's going to be in a podcast. So we're just going to have fun with this. <laughs> yeah. That's how Tim was like, come on the show. And I'm like, yeah, okay. And he's the day he's like, I was like, what do you want me to, what do you want to talk about? And he's like, I don't know. We're just going to go. I'm like, oh, okay, fine. I can do that. That's fine. <clears throat> I mean, you do restaurants for 20 something years and you can, you can, you can just, just talk. talk. Yeah, yeah. No. Retail is that thing. So yeah. Where can everyone find you? I don't know. All right, that's fine. I have if, if you're in New Hampshire, Listen, I, I was trying to be professional. No, it's fine. Know, it's the same thing. Go I need to fit all my show. No, I'm just I need to have something, but I don't like. So we're doing. Oh, I'll talk about that. We're doing a fundraiser for Jenny Hill, um, because nice. she has leukemia and um, oh, nice. she's going to have to right. not work or something. So uh, that could be found. Uh, fuck, I should have had this ready. I suck. Hold on. I have I have it. Just, uh, you know, give me two seconds. But uh, yeah, so she's got, it sucks. She has leukemia. And um, we're doing a couple different fundraisers. There's a GoFundMe. And um, I'm going to copy this. Can I copy this and put yeah, it on the absolutely. screen? Yeah, absolutely. Where do I put it in private chat? Uh, yeah, you can put that in there. there and I then you can send it to there. me after the fact, and I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, that'd be great. <clears throat> it's easy. It's Jenny with an I Hill uh, dot living free in Tennessee.com. Uh, and there's an auction there and we uh, got a bunch of stuff from the community. It's a really good stuff on there. And um, a lot of it doesn't even have bids. So you could probably just go in and be like, bam, oh. there it is. <clears throat> and uh, I used to know how to work StreamYard, but I don't know how anymore, but anyway, yeah, there's a, go, there's also out. a GoFundMe for her and I will send that to you so you can put it in wherever. There is some right. so that, that's in the comments now. So cool. Oh yeah, right. I could have just went to the YouTube video, right? <laughs> uh no, actually I think I can only post <clears throat> links. Here's a go for me. 
Oh, okay. Uh, so. Copy. Here's the GoFundMe link. I'm going to send that now, too. Perfect. So there's a GoFundMe and there's an auction. The auction is a lot of cool stuff. So there's like some stuff to uh, Self-Reliance Festival. There's like a yep. all-in pass for that. There's a, er, there's um basically like a priority pass to you pick uh, Jack Spierko's um, events. Mm-hmm. So like you could go to the fall workshop and it's just, it's uh, I think you're only paying 150 bucks plus whatever you pay in the auction. Nice. So you're not paying the full 600. <clears throat> and I, that's good for like in the future too. You don't have to go this year. I've got some syrup package up on there. It's like a pint or a quart of maple. I think it's quart of maple syrup with a, a mustard, a maple mustard or an, app, an apple cider mustard that's made up here. It's all New Hampshire package and nice. um, maple cream, which is also known as maple crack. It's amazing. And it will kill you. It will instantly <laughs> give you will instantly give you type two diabetes. So, uh, it's well, really, you already got one, so you're really halfway good. there. Yes, yeah, <laughs> guy, syrup guy is up in Pittsfield, and he's just like the best. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I have that up there. There's some ammunition on there, maybe or not, and uh, if that's allowed to be said, and uh, if our YouTube overlords will allow us to say ammunition. No one's watching me yet. <laughs> so, I just hit. I just actually yeah. super exciting. I just hit 203 today for subscribers. So nice. I'm like, nice. damn. Yeah, I'm over. Here. I'm over at Dowie Farm on YouTube as well yes but so uh on that all of yeah. all of your links you sent me earlier are in the show notes cool. so oh yeah yeah yeah, i did that and we'll i'm on Noster, but i don't really i'm kind of like on Noster, and i'm kind of i get it but i'm like i'm not on there a lot yeah i'm the same way it's interesting it's fine it's easy enough to use people should yeah. get on there it is pretty easy and yeah. uh yeah that's it but yeah the jenny hill thing uh the auction thing is really cool we got that going and then the gofundme if you don't want to deal with an auction you can just donate there any amount Perfect. yeah no, and I'm kind of the same situation. I'm at uh, Backwoods Butcher 603, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. We do have an Oster. Um, I don't have my pin, my uh, whatever the hell it is, because who would remember that? Um, right? Someone's got to come up with yeah, the If anyone out there is looking for another fun episode, um, I was on Josh the Renegade Butcher's podcast on Tuesday with uh joe um blakesley and tiffany baxter and we did like a butcher's round table so that's over on uh the renegade butcher podcast so that was super fun it ended up just turning into a butcher therapy session towards the end of it but it was it was a good time so go over and check that one out as well well everyone who is watching and who's going to listen after i hope you got a chance to meet the critter <laughs>